Welcome to another episode of The Artistic Director with Jacob Alexander-Ferg. I am sitting here with Clayton Weller. How are you doing, Clayton? I'm so good. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> what makes it so good? It's sunny outside, yeah. and like, I, I biked here today, so I feel, I'm feeling good. Perfect. Yeah, I was driving down, and it was doing the Washington, like, fluctuation of weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad we landed on sunny. Yeah, <laughs> while uh, we're sitting in this dark room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Clayton, for uh, for the listener who does not know you, can you give a brief history of Clayton Weller in the <laughs> performance universe that has led you to this moment in time yeah, right now? Yeah, I can. I had stage fright like real bad when I was in like all the way up through middle school and there was a point at which I was just like, oh man, this is terrible. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to try improv. So I did improv just kind of on a lark and I fell in love with it. And after that, I did uh, forensics. Do you know forensics? I'm not familiar with it. So forensics oh. in uh, high school is it's the original NFL, the National Forensics League. They actually <laughs> were first, so they have right to it. Um, but it's speech and debate. It's like competition, competitive speech and debate. Okay. And I did competitive speech, and I went to nationals a couple years doing silly, silly plays. Yeah. And then uh, I went to school and uh, got a theater major at the University of Puget Sound. I also got a physics major because, oh my God, I had to get away from from all the art people. I like, I just can't, like, it's too much. <laughs> and then after I graduated, moved up to Seattle, started self-producing right away. Like, I had done a lot of, like, student theater at college. Like, that was mostly what I did. And I just kept making shows. Mostly sketch comedy is what I do. So, like, comedy writing and uh, short plays and variety shows and stuff like that. Uh, so, wound up uh, from that, I got a gig as the uh, artistic director of Sketchfest, which is an annual sketch comedy festival. Sketch comedy, for those of you who don't know, is short, planned, self-contained performance pieces. Uh, we had to develop a definition of it because we're like, oh, it's kind of like SNL. It's not good enough. It's yeah. not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, artistic director of Sketchfest. Then uh, from that, I got a marketing gig at uh, ACT Theater, which is a regional theater in Seattle. And then got scooped up by the tech industry because they were offering me the dollar bills, y'all. Yeah. And I was like, yep, yes, please. <laughs> and I started my own tech business that was all about making animation easier. Oh. So we made an animation software using the Connect. So it was basically like puppetry, but like animation. It was really neat. Interesting. Well, yeah, it yeah. was really cool. And so my job there was like kind of being the liaison in between the, the uh, development team and the creative customers that we were serving. And then slow, and then we like raised money, so we raised like half a million dollars or something like that, which is like small peanuts in that world. Yeah. And then, yeah, after after that, I just like the business slowly turned into an iPhone app for tweens, and it was a marketing guy for an iPhone app for tweens, and I'm like, I don't give sixty hours of. Of, of shits about like a, a week about like tweens in New Jersey. Yeah. Like, you know, like I don't care. So I left and I was like, who do I care about? I care about artists. I care specifically uh, about artists in Seattle. I care spe even more specifically about artists in Seattle who don't have uh, a home or are early in their journey and kind of learning how to produce, you know, like I love producers. Yeah. And so I sat down and I met with like 70 of them and uh, over the course of a month uh, and said, what do you need? What do you want? And they described the pocket to me. Then we did a Kickstarter and now we're four years into this being my full-time full job. 
and it's a beautiful, beautiful theater. Like, Thank I'm, you. Yeah, I I need to say how much I love it here. Oh wow, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think I've done like three or four shows in various. Ilks. What have you been in? Uh, so I was in a in a um, comedy troupe. It, it's been uh, Rust Bucket was one of them. Okay, yeah. Uh, the Peter Comedy Trio I think did two shows. Oh yeah, here. Peter. Fuck yeah. Yeah, so I was one of the three of Peter. That's uh, where I know you from. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That's <laughs> definitely I like. You meet so many people. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, I don't know, so I think I was in some sketch thing. I can't remember. Oh, and then there was a year, I think the one-year anniversary of oh, the pocket. Oh, I showed up to you also. And great. And like, sort of popped my head and was like, I don't know most of you, but here I am. Yeah, like, that's awesome. Hooray. Um, so, yeah, you have this beautiful theater, and you have, uh, you are the artistic director for it. And I want to ask you a big, ambiguous question. Yeah. Answer it. I ask everyone it and answer it however you wish, but uh, it's simply, what is your artistic direction? What is my artistic direction? I love that. That's a yeah. big question. I can yeah. say whatever I want. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so the Pocket as an organization, if we're, if we're talking about like this particular institution, because I, I think it, it, it depends upon the institution that you're talking about, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. But as far as the Pocket is concerned, uh, the Pocket is uh, genre agnostic. So... Um, the, the institution itself is designed to support whatever artists exist in proximity to the building. Uh, the like, like whispering, it's just community theater with a new coat of paint on it. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> uh, but like basically what it does is it serves the, the needs of the independent new artists in the, in, in Seattle for us. In, in what they need. So as far as artistic direction goes, my job is less about like saying, this is the kind of art we make. And it's more about saying, this is the kind of people we are. It's less about like specific artistic vision or specific kind of like artistic choices and what kind of shows we do. And it's more about like the kind of people we are. Cause the only real control that like I have of the institution is who I reach out to and who I say go to. You know, like after that point, like the reins are off. So it's this very kind of like, uh, like there's obviously like if people want to check in with me and be like, hey, what do you recommend? Like, a, like I'll have opinions on the wazoo, right? Like yeah. I'll be like, here's things you can do. I've like functionally through this job and my other stuff, I've like functionally co-produced over a thousand shows you know, like, yeah. so, like, I have a lot of data points. Like, I can speak, like, data-wise, like, what works and what doesn't work, especially in Seattle. But to that end, there is no, like, silver bullet to anything. Yeah. And everybody's journey is different. So, like, I give advice when people want it, but I don't kind of, like, insert myself in and say, this is what you should do. I see. Right? Uh, I'm curious, what does and does not work in Seattle from yeah. what you Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah what, uh, what does work... Seattle is a an, an arts hub, like okay. it, it. I mean, it is absolutely right. So, the the reality with Seattle is uh, we have uh, an oversaturation in wonderful art, and not enough people to go see it. You know, so like whereas if you're out in like say uh, Tequila or Squim, you know, like if you tour, I, I guarantee you, if you tour to Tequila, Squim, Everett, any of these places surrounding here, and you do anything of value you're gonna have a really easy time selling it you'll talk to anyone you'll be like 
hey, you want to go see a com- comedy show? They'll be like, yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I certainly do. It is way better than sitting around, you know, doing nothing. Yeah. Whereas in Seattle, it's the opposite problem. It's like, you want to go see my comedy show? It's like, well, you know, uh, you know, Dave Chappelle is coming through. Radio Lab's coming through. The Symphony's here. You know, like, th- those are people that are known quantities. You can test them out and you can go see them. So the there isn't really a big chance of like oh a comedy show what a novel idea yeah, yeah. you know like, yeah, no, i know exactly what you mean so <laughs> like the things that work that don't work are people saying something along the lines of like the best blank in seattle as a marketing tool because yeah, people are like i don't know it's not yeah. i know it's not you know, like, there's literally professionals from all over the world who are coming here. You're not the best. You're you, you're, your favorite. You are your own favorite. Yeah. I, I see that. So those don't work well. What does work well is uh, Seattleites really like weird, kooky, specific ideas. There are a lot of people who have moved here because they have very specific interests and they have very specific thought processes and communities that they wanted to be a part of. I mean, there are like almost 700,000 people in the city right now. You don't need to get all 700,000 of them to come to your show. You only need to get like, like in the hundreds, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're doing a show at the pocket, you only need to get it in the tens, right? So you need to make a show that like 10 people love or like 100 people love. It's like the perfect show for them. So they can't not go to it. I see. Right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's like like a, like doing like a weird, like a Star Trek film noir or something like that. Like some sort of very, very niche sort of thing. Very good. Yeah, that (laughs) that would be awesome. I guarantee you that there are some crazy people out there. And it's also like most people who are producing shows in Seattle make the mistake of marketing to everyone, you know, and specifically marketing they, the people that they most desperately want to come see their shows are people they've never met before. So like, oh, man, like I've heard this so many times it shows and it like boggles my mind. It's like only my friends and family showed up to my show. There wasn't anyone I didn't know. And I'm like, you, if you don't know them, how are they going to go to your show? Like, yeah. if you never meet or contact them, how are they going to know about it, right? Yeah. Like, especially if you're early in your journey. Like, that's there's just no chance of that happening. Yeah, there's like, no magical entity drawing people exactly. you don't know into. People yeah. want that to be the pocket. And, yeah. like, if I could be, this would be, like, silver bullet best business in the universe. Yeah. Like, But that's the trade-off we make with working with new artists who are doing random whatever they want, right? Yeah. Like, if we dictated, like, what they did and who did it, then we could definitely market and say, like, this is what we do, and this is who does it, you know? And then people could be like, oh, I know who that is, and I like that thing. I'll go see it. (laughs) So uh, shows that have worked really well here. One of the very first shows that we did in this space was all five seasons of Breaking Bad in 60 minutes. That's great. Yeah, it was great, and everyone who saw Breaking Bad went and saw that show. It was awesome. Yeah. Another show that's really successful here is is a show that I run called Trustfall. And basically what we do is we take someone who we, in, in our community, who we love, and we say, okay, you're doing a solo show with 10 other people. So basically it's a show, it's all about them, and then all these other people that are involved with their show give them 
like uh, make them do a thing that pushes them out of their comfort zone. Oh, interesting. So when I did it, I had to do a pie eating contest. I had to do a hip hop dance to Beyonce. We had someone else who did it who shaved their beard for the like first time in a really long time, yeah. and then the other person put the like this the it was a woman who was doing the trust fall. She put the beard on her own face. Oh my god! It was, so they traded like facial features. <laughs> it was like. Anyway, it's, like, just a crazy... And it's really specific to the person. So it's not necessarily, like, premise-specific, but it's really specific. So, like, all of my friends came out and saw this crazy show that I was in that was really specific to me. Uh, What else has been really effective? We had a show that was just some high schoolers doing uh, a musical that they always wanted to do. And that was... It was their first show that they'd ever produced, so it was really special. And it was really specific in that, like these are all high schoolers from the same school and they knew exactly who they were talking to. And the other high schoolers had been asking for them to do a show and they'd made it out and all the families came and stuff like that. So like, those are the things that work really well. It's like, especially when you're starting and you're like building your momentum, like you have to do a thing for the people, you know, they're the only people who are going to come see you. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, you have an, there's an interesting marketing strategy where when I was doing shows here, we got an email, I think from you or from somebody saying, yeah. uh, everyone who's part of this show should message within, I think it's like two, two weeks before the show should message 10 people that they know specifically to them, like yeah. a specific message to yeah, them yeah, saying, yeah. Hey, can you come check out my show? This is happening here. Can you talk about that as a marketing strategy? Because yeah. that's I, that's very individual to the pocket. I've never yeah. seen it anywhere else. Yeah. So it, I mean, that's also it speaks to what it what it's like in Seattle. So like yeah. every pretty much every night of the week, if you are at all looped into the performing arts at all, like you have a, any friends who are performers, pretty much every night of the week, one of your friends is doing a show. Yeah. Like if you have five or six friends who are all performers, they're all doing a show. And you like them all, and you want to support them all, and they all do good work, but you can't see everything. And then on top of that, you also have, like, I don't know, Ratatats coming to town, you know? Like, the big names are coming through. And if you don't specifically invite someone and you let them know that it's important to you, like, you, that friend, your friend comes, you know, like, they're not going to come. Because they've got all these other things that are on their plate, you know? People in Seattle, I find, are, like, more interested in finding a night to not do a thing yeah. than finding a night to do another I thing. I see. <laughs> um, so, so the reason that we do that is, like, that is kind of the core of, I would say, any arts marketing in general is, like, if you don't have word of mouth, word of mouth direct asks – like, that is basically the foundation upon which the house is built. So, like, if you're touring your show to a, a, a like, let's say a festival, like you're going on the Canadian Fringe or something like that, no one's going to come because of a Facebook post because you don't know anyone who lives in the city, and you're only going to get to know people if you talk to them directly, and they're only going to come to your show if you tell them about your show and ask them to come. And you'll start building up, like, hopefully, you entertain. Yeah. Right? Like, hopefully, you're so good that they want to tell other people about it, that you're a gift that they give to other people. I see. But, I mean, that's pretty presumptuous at the start of your journey (laughs) that you're a gift, you know? Like, (laughs) I I would just, like, at the first be like, it would mean a lot for me to you to, for you to come to my show. And you you can be honest about it. You can say, like, hey, I I don't know how this is going to go. This might be terrible. 
it would be really nice to have a friend in the yeah. audience while this train wreck happens. <laughs> yeah. You know, like please be there, and I would love to talk to you about it afterward. You know, yeah. and like setting that level, they'll be like, because I have gone to some of those shows where I've had a friend be like, "Hey, I don't know how this is gonna be. Uh, this is probably gonna be real bad." And just knowing that, I go in and I have a wonderful time. Show is terrible, <laughs> but like afterward, I am like. Oh my God! I get to like bitch about it afterward, yeah. you know, like and like talk about like all the things that I'm inspired to go make better art, you know. Yeah. But at least I knew going in, and I'm not mad at the performers for not doing a good show because I knew what I was getting into. Yeah, you had the expectations, right? And like, there are some like, and that's kind of like one of the kind of like building blocks of like, let's say improv, right? Like, mm-hmm. improv shows that book like that build themselves as like really entertaining mm-hmm. tend to, in my experience, fall flat. Right, I would agree. Right, but improv shows that build themselves as like, holy shit, this is the hardest thing ever. Yeah, tend to go great because yeah. the audience is like, if anything good happens, it's a surprise, you know? Right, and like you can communicate that to people. So, I think that roundabout answers your question. No, yeah, yeah. especially like improvised musicals. That's the one thing. That's the like when you put, pose yourself as this like improvised musicals. There's this really complicated thing. Yeah, I don't know. It just brings an audience to you. Yeah, I want to address something because I've had a difficulty going to people that I know and saying like, "Hey, can you come to my show?" Because it feels like it just feels weird to me because it feels like I have some ulterior ulterior motive that I'm sort of trying to like slip under. Yeah. Is there a piece of advice that you would have for people trying to go to, who are like feel a little weird going to their friends? That's and, an like, excellent question. Asking. That's really yeah. good. <laughs> I would say that that never really fades, but there are kind of like a couple of factors that will play into making that easier. One is, how did it feel the first time you were ever went on stage? Is that a question to me? Yeah. Uh, probably. Yeah, I'm trying did to you remember. feel like 100%? No, new. of course not. No, I was it felt like, gross. Yeah, in a Christmas thing. And yeah, I was like yeah. or the first time you did improv. You yeah, know, like, it was you're terrible. Like, oh, you know, it's terrible, right? Yeah. And uh, marketing is a skill in and of itself, right? I and see. like talking up your show is a skill. When you first start, you're going to be bad at it. Yeah. And it's going to be, you're going to be cumbersome and you're not going to know how to do it. And like, and it's going to feel a little weird, but as long as you're honest about that experience, like it's fine. The other thing is uh, the other, so that that would be the first element. The first element is that like, it's, it's a, it's a muscle you got to work. And once you've worked it, you get better at doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. You learn the things that you should say about shows and how to talk about it, how to be real in it and make it like a real exchange, not like, hello, come to my show, bye! You know, like, <laughs> you are a friend now, goodbye, yeah. friend, my show, come, you know, like that, like, you can get past that. So the other element of it is some artistic charity for yourself, right? Like, it's kind of like self-care as far as the art goes, because in order to become really good practitioners of our craft, we have to be critical of ourselves, right? Like, yeah. we have to have... It, like there has to be some um, like the really good artists in my experience. I'm not going to say that this is the truth. This is my thing. You know, like yeah. really good artists have self awareness. You know, it's and self reflection, yeah. and like they're looking at inward, and they're looking at their actions, and they're evaluating them constantly yeah. with regards to their craft. Right, and that's how you get better. But that is also a double edged sword because it 
never you you never flip that switch. You you don't have the practice flipping that switch back and like looking at it from eyes that aren't like where you are, right? Yeah. You want to look at it through the eyes of someone who hasn't spent all the years of pain yeah. that you put into this. Like you have a very refined palette for what you're looking for, mm -hmm. and the people that you're inviting weren't there. You know, like they don't have the exact flavor that you've got. Yeah. So it's about like giving yourself charity and being like, no, I've been practicing this, like in my case, for like 15 years, right? Like maybe it's closer to 20 now. I don't know. Like it's a really long time. Yeah. You know, like you've been doing this a long time you're okay at it. Yeah. You know, yeah, like if people it. come see your show, they're going to have a good time. Even if it's not the best show you've ever done, mm -hmm. they're still going to have a good time. Right. Yeah. We've been training ourselves to be good at this. <laughs> like, like, yeah. so like yeah. go out there and know, like trust your training, trust your experience, trust that the thing that you put out there is, has v some value, right? Like don't evaluate yourself in that moment. Yep. And, and like give yourself, Kind of like th so those two things together, like that kind of inward looking, being like I'm good enough, and the outward looking practice of like this is a skill and I'll get better at it. Like those two in combination will make you a better marketer and make it easier to reach out to people. Yeah, that's definitely. And you need to. I really love the idea of you need to have some sort of objective self awareness. Like you need to be able to look at yourself from the audience perspective. I've had a lot of improv shows that don't feel good for me as an improviser, but the audience had a great the time. The audience had a great time and so right. that's sort of the this push and pull. And it's interesting at the pocket because there's there is such a wide variety of shows yeah. and there's such a grand push and pull of the audience. I guess I'm curious about the way that you think the pocket is um, is viewed by the public at this point, four years in. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is also conjecture. This is a thing that I would not recommend you do as a marketer. But okay. as, yeah. like, an artistic person, I think you have to do this, right? Yeah. Like, there's some kind of, like, assumption that's made. How do I feel uh, the pocket is viewed? So I, I would say that there are two customers at the pocket. Okay. Um, we have two different customer sets. One is audience members, obviously. And then the other one is producers and performers, right? They're our customer. Like, yeah. they're our actual customer. They're the ones that we think about all the time and that we're trying to make their experience as good as possible. Yeah. Audience is, like, secondary to performers in our kind of model. Mm -hmm. The kind of, the model is that the performers pay the venue with audience because we're offering them an experience that they can't have anywhere else, yeah. right? Uh, so, as far as how performers view us, I have a pretty good idea of that. We are very friendly. We're a friendly place to be. Yeah. We are simple, right? Like, they view us as a simple, like, no-frills kind of experience where, like, you can come in and do a thing that is relatively, like, low-maintenance. Yes. Right? Yeah. And then we're also pretty inclusive, we uh, off. We don't really turn anyone away, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's if you want to come do a show here, it's not a matter of if; it's more a matter of how, right? Yeah. Like, someone comes to us and they say, I, well, "I've got this thing," and we say, "Like that thing is crazy audacious," you know? Like <laughs> that thing that you're talking about is like year five work, 
and you're year one, you know? Like, let's break an element of that out, you know, and do one chunk of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. So it's instead of, like, saying, like, no to this and, like, no to that person and saying, like, you're not welcome here, we say, you're welcome here, and here's how we're going to help you reach that big thing, right? Like, it's kind of pushing in that direction. So that's kind of how I would say performers view us or we would wish that performers viewed us, right? Like, we're always... We're human and we're fallible, so yeah. we're trying all the time. As far as audience members, there isn't really a core pocket audience. That doesn't exist. And it's just by the very nature of the business yeah. where we have what is almost functionally random programming. You know? Yeah. Like, it, like, there is no real incentive for audience to just hop on that. Yeah. You know? To like, keep coming back. Over right, because, like... So what I would say is, to the audience question of it, it's more specific to the shows or the communities that we have involved. So, like, the primary communities that we have here are, like, the improv community, the sketch community. We have, like, the weird, like, variety, fringy community that's doing stuff. And, like, those have particular people that are coming and, like, patronizing those particular, like, genres. Mm -hmm. And even in those, there are specific, like, groups or production companies that have their own followings that they're starting to build. And they're learning how to market and build their own shows here as, like, we're kind of like a little tide pool. um, I like that. Yeah. (laughs) People are, like, growing and becoming big enough to go out and live in the actual ocean and not get eaten alive, right? Yeah. I really like that comparison. Oh, thanks. that on the spot. (laughs) Yeah, that's a nice little visual to have. Yeah. It's, it's like a safe, inclusive place for them to be. Uh, as far as audiences, it's like it's mostly friends and family of the performers, you know? Eventually, some of the groups get to the point where they have enough to pull, mm-hmm. like, a- additional people. And at that point, either they switch to kind of like regular shows here, like doing monthly or quarterly performances, or they go and move off to another venue that they rent and have more control over and they make a bigger production. Yeah. Like our other venue down south, The Slate. And that's, I I think, I really like The Pocket because that's sort of a no-skin-off-your-nose scenario where it's like, great, you you use The Pocket to springboard yourself up to the next level. It's like... Fantastic. Yeah, yes. it's yeah. A, it's a victory, you know, yep. like because then they go out and they're huge, and then people ask, "How did you start?" It's the pocket, the pocket you know, yeah. and so then we get a whole batch of new hungry people to come in and do stuff, yeah, and that's... like it's just like there's kind of a churn that's built into the the business, and that's what kind of keeps it alive and like relevant. Yeah, you know? and keeping that friendly, inclusive attitude that yeah. only makes it, every, all of your interactions are positive. So when people are talking about the theater, it's not like yeah. oh, you should hear about these yeah, people. Yeah, blah blah. Yeah, <laughs> like, that is the worst. Like yeah, like if, if we just want to be the people that like are friendly and welcome and, and open. Yeah, that's. I'm curious really quickly, like, in what ways do you cultivate that sort of culture at the pocket with all of your volunteers and all of the people that work here? I mean, uh, I guess it's just higher, or like having nice people volunteer. Yeah, well, I mean, it's specifically, like, it's kind of built into all of the onboarding from the get-go. Every single moment of it, it's, we're, we're stating what our primary goals are, which are do the best art you can do and don't feel bad if it's not the best in the world, you mm-hmm. know, like yeah. just do your best. Just give it, don't, don't half ass it. Right. Yeah. Be re- like uh, respectful of the people around you, you know, like 
Yeah. You know, very basic. Like, talk about stuff, the yeah. show, right? Like, uh, like the uh, the the kind of like talk about like what you're doing. You know, like be our, be vocal, like. If you like it, talk about it, right? If you don't like it, talk about it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like be honest, like communicate. Yeah, and just be be friendly, be good to each other. That's like the primary thing. It's the most important. Is like, that's the main goal. Is be just be good people to each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, be good at the venue. Like treat it like it's a room in your house. If you treat, I mean, that might not be great for some people. <laughs> um, treat it like it's a room in someone else's house. Yeah. You know? Like the people that are here understand that they're here for for the love of it you know yeah. like I could make more money doing something else until like I guarantee you like yeah. <laughs> anyone who anyone who's on our staff could make more money doing doing what they do somewhere else any of the volunteers are doing it for free they're doing it because they love it you yeah. know and it's just knowing that everybody at every level is doing this because it's a thing of joy you yeah. know yeah and they're passionate and they yeah. want to be here yeah and it's also the kind of thing where it's like leaving the the exit door like saying like the exit door exists if you're not having a good time, go take a break. Yeah. Don't do this anymore. <laughs> right? Like yeah. if it, like you don't have to be here, right? Like that's yeah. Right? Like yeah. don't feel it don't make this a responsibility. This yeah, is, something fun shouldn't be stressful. Right. I I mean like there is a certain amount of stress in the yeah. artistic experience, but like if the experience of like working with us specifically <laughs> is stressful, like don't be here, right? Like yeah. if like and don't feel like you're obligated to do shows, right? Like yeah. this should be a fun happy Fun time, you know? <laughs> fun, happy, fun time. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Does that answer your question? That answers my question beautifully. Great. Um, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? Oh, uh, in terms God. of artistic direction or just the world of the pocket or performance? Yeah, I, the thing I would say is to other people who might be interested in opening a theater. Okay. That yeah. I think the That's co- great. Yeah. Don't open a theater so you can perform more. <laughs> it does not do that. It may a little bit do that, but not in the way that you're expecting it to. I see. Open a theater if you love giving other people opportunities to perform, right? That's the the question I asked myself before I went out on this because I knew exactly how much work it was because I had helped run other organizations and like I had seen many other theaters and I'd seen how they'd run. And I came to the decision that the thing that I like the most is facilitating other people's artistic experience because that's what you're going to do. You're going to be taking out the trash. You're going to be doing taxes. You're going to be doing, uh, like, like right as you were coming in, I'm trying to set up our new phone service, and it's I've spent hours getting it set up, and it's such a pain in the ass, and it's not at all art. It's not at all what I want to do. Uh, it's bullshit, you know? Like, yeah. you're going to send a lot of emails. Like, it's going to be really, really hard. And very little of the work is itself art. Does that make sense? So if yeah. you're interested in making art, what I recommend is make art, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, work your butt off at work. Yeah. And then... Take that money and use it to make art, yeah. you know? And then hopefully that art supports you at some point. Like, other things for starting a theater that might be useful, make sure you have a community that it's not just you, right? Like, and when I say it's just you, that could be just your company. Like, you have to have a community of people who are excited 
about what the mission is yeah right like it's got to be in the hundreds mm-hmm. that are excited and then th- that circle like within that circle those some people in the circle know people in other circles and then that's, that's yeah how the community sort yeah of yeah but i mean like just that initial kind of buy-in you yeah. need to have a community to necessitate a place especially in a place as expensive as like seattle right yeah. like uh, so it, I mean, it's, it's really like a year five or six proposition, right? Like where you're like, I want to be locked into another couple years of this, you yeah. know, otherwise rent out rent, you know, like rent venues, come to places like the pocket, do the Ballard underground, do the slate, do 18th and union, you know, theater off Jackson. Like there aren't a ton of them, but they do exist and use those spaces. Right. Yeah. Like, or I mean, like really realistically, Go to the east side, you know, like they need art over there or go uh, tour your show on the road if you want to do art stuff. Like go to the Canadian Fringe. If you don't know about the Canadian Fringe, look it up. It's really incredible. Other thing, as uh, don't th- – this is more just general artistic stuff. Don't don't wait. Do the project right now. Yep. Like always, always if it, if it is biting you and you are hungry for it, go do it now. It's never going to be a better time than it is right now. Yeah. I I've had this vivid image that's put into put, was put into my head by one of the yeah, one of my professors, which is uh, the actor waiting by the phone and waiting for it to ring. Yeah, just like looking at the phones, like it's going to ring. So, someone's going to call me and have yeah. me give me a performance opportunity. Yeah. When you need to be the one that picks up that phone and makes the calls to start whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah. and I I would say go even one step further is like. Like what that would mean is like, if you're not if you're not getting cast in a show, stop, stop going to auditions, you know. Like, make a show, make the show you want to be in. Yeah. Go out there and find a writer and say, hey writer, I'm gonna give you fifty dollars to write me a thing, and they'll be like, oh my god, fifty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> more money than I've ever made. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a right? writer. <laughs> right. And like that's a like relatively small investment for your art, yeah. right? Like, go out there and say like. Hey, writer, here's 50 bucks. Or, hey, writer, you want to write? Write me a thing. Yeah. Um, hey, director, you want to direct? Direct me in this thing, you know? Like, um, uh, make the show happen. Like, your dream show can exist. It can be there. It can be there right now, and you can do it right away. Like, go. the rights are not hard to get, you know? You just have to pay a little bit to get them, yeah. you know? And if it really matters to you pay the rights, you know, like yeah. get the rights. Or if you can't afford it, you know, like do a show that's almost exactly the same as that show, you know, like mm-hmm. write the show that is the same as that and like practice it. You know, you say like, I want to be Iago, you know, like write an Iago. <laughs> you find yeah. a writer who wants, every writer wants to write a fucking Iago, like give them the opportunity to do it. <laughs> so like, I would just say like, jump off the cliff, you know, just go out, make the thing happen. Don't worry about it. You know what? It's probably going to be garbage. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. That is garbage. We all start making garbage. It's all garbage all the way down. Yeah. But you're never going to make something good if you don't make, if you don't at least get out there and make the thing. And right? you have to enjoy the fall too. That's yeah. the thing. That, that fall seems scary. The jump is scary and the fall is scarier, but there's garbage at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, garbage, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can dig through garbage and you're like, Hey, this is a cool little thing. Like, why did someone throw this away? Yeah. And I mean, like it's never the last project. It's only the last project. If you make it the last project. Yeah. Right? So like, this is a trap that a lot of people fall into is like, this is, this I need this thing to be the best thing ever. And I'm like, you don't. 
bright, like it needs to be as good as it's going to be, you know, and you need to put in the effort to make it good and, and like just, just put in effort into it and give it love, mm-hmm. but don't judge it, you know, just like a kid, you know, like don't put a love into a lot of love into them and then be like, you're terrible. And like, it's going to be terrible for them. Right. Yeah. And also like, it doesn't, like you can, you can do more, you know, like they're not done after their first soccer game, like your kid, you yeah, know, like, right. like they'll have to play other soccer games to get better at soccer. Right. Like yeah. anyway, just have, just have some compassion and love for yourself as you're doing the thing. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's really good advice. Yeah. Um, all right, Clayton, we're almost done. I like to, uh, first of all, is there any way that people can find either you or the pocket on Oh, there certainly is. If the best possible way to get involved is to send us an email. I know that sounds crazy, but uh, there are two of us who check. So Sarah, the venue manager, they're amazing, by the way. Mm -hmm. Sarah is uh, and I are both in this, and we both have a cycle where we every email that comes in to info at thepocket.org. That email, again, is info, I-N-F-O, at thepocket, T-H-E-P-O-C-K-E-T dot org, (laughs) O-R-G. Every email that comes through there, uh, we respond to. Like, it's not, this is not us, like, blowing smoke. We respond to all of it, and that is the most consistent place to get a hold of us. The other thing, come see a show. If you want to know what we do, and then talk to the guy at the bar, because the guy at the bar almost certainly has done shows here. Yeah. And if not them, then the person who's hosting the show. I guarantee you they've done shows here, right? Like. Mm And they love it. And they will talk your ear off about their experience doing it. So you don't have to listen to me. You can talk to other people about it. If you're looking to do larger shows, we also have another venue down south that we do longer runs. So, and we rent that out on a weekly basis. And it's called The Slate. So slate at thepocketdorg.org. Dorg. I almost said dorg. <laughs> dot dorg. <laughs> dot, uh, pocket dorg. Uh, God, it's been a good podcast. Yeah, it's, it's really been great. Been it's been... Yeah. Um, anyway, also just... Send me an email to say hello. I would like to talk to you. That's awesome. For any reason. All right, I like to end with this. Uh, can you give one recommendation to listeners of anything at all? That's like a book, a movie, a piece of media, a quote, a lifestyle, or oh, something like that. Oh, I have the perfect like thing. Okay, great, great. Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud. Okay. It Even if you don't like comics, it is... I would say a transformative piece of educational literature in that it is a comic book. So it's, it's, it's a comic that through its medium teaches you about the medium itself. So you learn to appreciate comics through the medium of comics and it is so fluid. And the way that he communicates is unbelievably clear and honest and like insightful and it applies to all kinds of art. Like it will make you think about your art in a completely different way. I just like I, uh, my group naturally, we just made a show inspired on this. It's a sketch show about sketch, trying to teach people to love sketch more. But anyway, understanding comics, Scott McLeod, incredible piece of literature about art. It Uh, is so awesome. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Clayton, thank you so much. You have amazing things to say. And thank you for making this theater for the community. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for doing shows. Do more shows all the time. For sure. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's a a goal. That's always a goal, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You can find this podcast on Facebook and SoundCloud and iTunes. And please, 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 listener, have an excellent rest of your day. And thank you for listening. Bye.